BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Real Life Real Crime Daily for Monday, June 19th. And I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. And I'm Mike Agavino. And today we're going to talk about an Ohio man arrested for killing his mother and stuffing her in a floorboard. Nice. Two women were arrested after a 28-year-old enrolled in school claiming to be 17. Mm. And golf cart crime is out of control in Florida. Those stories and much more on today's episode. Yes. Crime time, people. You never know what you're going to get. You never know. It's like... uh, Christmas. A box of chocolates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, All right. Don't you usually get chocolates in a box of chocolates? I never understood that. Why, a, did, why did Forrest have so much trouble with that? I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's a great That's a question. Yeah. Analytical chocolate thinking question right there. Mind so. <laughs> An Ohio man has been arrested for killing his mother. A uh, 61-year-old man jumped off a bridge into a river after assaulting his 85-year-old mother and leaving her severely injured in a car. On Saturday at approximately 1.15 a.m., officers responded to the Ohio River after receiving a call about a man who leapt off the bridge. When officers arrived, they found Michael Smith injured on the riverbank. He reportedly told officers he wanted to kill himself and medics transported him to the hospital while at the hospital smith reportedly said his mother was inside a silver cadillac at a kroger's grocery store and that she was in bad shape needing an ambulance so police drove to kroger's and they located carol sue swim who was stuffed in a front floorboard of the cadillac and injured from an apparent assault Medics transported Swim to the hospital via helicopter, but sadly, she died from her injuries the following day. The Ohio Bureau of Investigation processed a car in Swim's apartment, and investigators determined Smith severely assaulted the 85-year-old Swim, which led to her death. He was then arrested at the hospital on a charge of murder. Wow. Go on to prison for killing your mama? Mm Mm-mm. Bad. Yeah, well, the big, big gonna, prisoners you, with the mom and a heart tattoo, they going to love that guy. Yeah, they, that that's mm-hmm. uh, as bad as being a molester almost to those guys, it really isn't it? Is. Yeah, especially an elderly mother. Well, and if you're going to kill yourself jumping off a bridge, make sure that yeah. you're actually going to die jumping right. off that bridge. Right. I, <laughs> I don't know how high that bridge was, must but have not uh, must have not, yeah. well, not been enough to accomplish the goal. Let me tell you. And this story is way outside the box, y'all. Uh, um, so there was a woman who posed as a boy called George, not boy George from the 80s, but <laughs> she was posing as a boy called George, and she has been found guilty of one charge of sex assault but cleared of 16 other charges after she was accused of tricking a teenage girl in having sex with her. Get it? She's acting like a boy, yeah. a girl to have sex, right? So Georgia Billham, 21, fooled her victim after contacting her using a fake Snapchat profile for a George Perry. She would wear boys' clothes, keep her hood up, and hide her long blonde hair. Even when the pair slept together, I don't, they don't mean sleep, y'all. They mean sex. Uh, slept together claiming to be paranoid because of ties to an Albanian drug gang. She denied nine counts of sexual assault and eight counts of assault by penetration, 
uh, and, but a jury at a Chester Crown Court found her guilty of one of the, of the charges, and it, but it was a 10-day trial. And the court heard how Billham, who claimed not to have gotten any sexual gratification out of the relationship, deceived her victim and thinks she was a young man after they began using the Snapchat. They eventually met up, and the relationship became sexual, with the girl still believing Billham was a boy. Um, and in one instance, the victim reported that she attempted to remove Billham's Calvin Klein boxers, but was rebuffed. Billham reasoning that she was self-conscious about fabricated scabbing scars. That's mm. nasty. And it, it is a case about this defendant deceiving someone that she was, in fact, a young man. Um, that's what the prosecutor said. Eventually, the alleged victim became frustrated with her partner and gave excuses and didn't want to be touched intimately. She also reportedly started to become suspicious when, after traffic accidents, police referred to her partner as Georgia or Georgia instead of George, though Billham claimed she was using a fake driver's license. Teenage girl became increasingly suspicious as time went on and began asking Billham to prove her identity, though Billham claimed to not have a passport and instead produced photos of a young blonde man. The victim's feelings were finally confirmed in August 2021 when attempting to introduce Billham to her mother, who voiced suspicion that her daughter's partner was not a man. Just admit you've been caught out. I know more than enough now, the victim eventually reported reportedly wrote to Billham after doing more online research. I don't even dress like a lad. It just took over my life, Billham said. And Billham was arrested, and all the sexual activity that took place between those two people was based on false pretenses and so did not involve true consent, is what the prosecutor told jurors, right? And Billham refused to cooperate with investigators upon her arrest and has strongly denied the charges. Pretty crazy story. Whatever, right? And, you know, they had a movie That's uh, about to say years ago called the, Boys Don't Cry. I, no, I th- it was a crying game? No. no Boys no. Don't uh, Cry. Crying game was, Boy was a girl that had a penis, right? I, I've never seen the crying game. It was a hot chicken at the very end. He went got down to, to business, and she took off her pennies, and she had an anaconda. Mm. What's really weird about this story is in, in these times, it, normally somebody is uh, is going through some kind of transition and uh, and it's a different gender identity. But here it's a a girl posing yeah. as, a dude. as a dude because she is attracted to this, but doesn't say she's gay. Uh-uh. So, I mean, it's bizarre. She dresses I, as well, a boy would, to get close to this other girl. They but, get close. She obviously can't. She's penetrating the girl, evidently digitally or with her tongue or with something else, but not a penis. Strap on. But, I know because um, she no, wouldn't she even take her, her down because she has scabbing. That That disturbs me. Yes. You had such well, that was the excuse well, yeah, that she the, gave that was, her. That, that, was that, the that would normally send someone for the hills. That would make me say, yeah, like, don't take many, off your Calvin Klein's either. I don't want to see the scabs, <laughs> right? Scabs you you like a, a lizard. freaking yeah. bizarre, bizarre story. Bizarre. Um, uh, God, well, I don't know. Give us another one, Mike. Well, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, it's an update uh, to a story that's been in the, uh, the headlines all year that you guys will remember well. We covered it extensively. This is the story of Corey Richards, the once uh, respected and celebrated Utah children's book author, yeah, who right. wrote the book about coping with uh, grief after her husband's death, and she was uh, later accused of fatally poisoning him. Well, she was in court for the first time following her arrest. Um, if you remember, she's the mother of three. Um, she will remain in jail for the duration of her trial. Her trial is on murder and drug charges. Um, her case became a true crime sensation last month when charges were filed. The uh, public poured over the book, Are You With Me?, 
which was an illustrated storybook. I mean, she sold tons of these things, especially after she was uh, uh, she was exposed, which sure sounds ass backwards. But uh, Monday's hearing gave both the prosecution and Richens' attorneys a chance to preview their cases and provide contrasting theories on the case. Prosecutors called to the stand a detective, a private investigator, and a forensic accountant, all of whom painted a picture of Richens as having meticulously planned the murder of her husband, Eric Richens. She made financial arrangements and she purchased drugs that were all found in his system after his March of 22 death. In a victim's impact statement, she read in court, Amy Richens, who is uh, a sister-in-law, called out, uh, called her sister-in-law desperate, greedy, and extremely manipulative. She accused her of intentionally poisoning, poisoning Eric and spoke about how painful it had been for the family to watch her promote her book and herself as this amazing mother, while they strongly suspected she had killed um, Eric the whole time. How can anyone value human life so cheaply? I cannot comprehend it. She said, Richens uh, lowered her head and cried as the detectives uh, uh, testified about authorities finding her husband dead and cold to the touch. Her attorneys argued the evidence against her was both dubious and circumstantial, noting that no drugs were found at the family home after the death and suggesting that the star witness in the case, who is the, the housekeeper who supposedly sold the right. drugs to, uh, uh, to Richens that she uh, supposedly poisoned Eric with. The defense suggested that the housekeeper was motivated to lie uh, as she was seeking leniency um, from the state for her drug charges so mm. that she was going to cop to a plea right. in order to, uh, to give up uh, uh, Richens. They provided uh, uh, evidence to her essentially until she got it right. Sky Lazaro, who is Richens' attorney, said of a police interview with the housekeeper. So he is claiming that the police uh, provided her with uh, uh, with evidence and, and basically told her yeah. exactly what to say. Um, while I handcuffed Richens shook her head in defiance. Prosecutors questioned the detective about the housekeeper who claims to have sold her fentanyl weeks before it was found in her husband's system and uh, uh, and found uh, bug out bags. I'd never heard that term bug out bags, mm -hmm. which were full of Preppers. emergency provisions mm -hmm. and passports. They suggested uh, made her a flight risk unsuitable for bail. So uh, with members of both sides of the family sitting in the court ga gallery behind them, they asked the forensic accountant about Richens' personal financial struggles and the millions of dollars at stake in her husband's estate, which is the real motive here. One or two pills might be an accident. Twenty or five times the lethal dose is no accident. That is someone who wanted Eric dead, said the chief prosecutor. Prior to Monday's hearings, Richens' attorneys had presented another theory of the case in a separate court filing. The theory is that Eric was supposedly a big partier who heavily consumed alcohol and THC, either of which could have led to his death. So the defense team uh, went further, claiming law enforcement never investigated the alternate theory uh, about Eric's alcohol and drug abuse. Prosecutors allege Richens slipped five times lethal dose of fentanyl into a Moscow, Moscow mule cocktail she made for her husband amid their marital dispute. Sure looks like this was meticulous planning of uh, – uh, of a uh, of, of a murder. This is really high profile. It's happening in Park City, Utah. So the you know that's a uh, a playground for the rich uh, skiing. It's where Mike hangs out. What? Don't get to go to Park City <laughs> these days. But uh, interesting and and you know standard issue. Oh, the police didn't investigate this, and she took a deal, so she's lying about this and whatever. Guess what? She did it. Yeah, she bye bye. um she took out life insurance policies right. on him with right. a, a two million dollar death penal, uh, death benefit just uh, weeks. It shows you the culture on true crime now that that the book became more popular. After Isn't that scary? Crime. Yeah, it's like walking, watching a documentary. I agree. That case will probably get. We'll, we'll see this thing in some kind of TV series. All right, a crazy situation coming out of. New Orleans area in Hanville, Louisiana. I'll be, going, I'll be driving through there today. Uh, two 
Boutte woman. Driving right through Boutte. Yeah. Hey, real quick. My daughter, when I was a single dad, her mama lived in Bure, so I'd go through Boutte on the way back when she was young. She was like two and a half, three years old. And I, I every time I point the sign, I say, it must really stink here because this town's named Boutte. God, that's, that's bad. <laughs> we what still laugh about it to this day. <laughs> well, yeah. two Boutte women were arrested Tuesday after allegedly scheming for one who is 28 years old to that's attend Hanville High School, yeah, claiming to be 17. Hours, yeah. Claiming to be 17 and using a false ID. The St. Charles Parish Sheriff's Office made the arrest, booking 46-year-old Marta Seriano Avarado and her 28-year-old daughter, Martha Jessenia Guterres Seriano, with one count each of injuring public records. The agency began investigating the women after detectives were notified in May 29th by St. Charles Parish Public School officials of their suspicion that an adult was posing as a student at Hanville during the 22-23 school year. The sheriff's office did not say how long Gutierrez Serrano attended the school, nor explain the motive. School officials began an internal investigation and later notified the sheriff's office of the findings, and detectives obtained arrest warrants for the women after determining that Serrano Alvarado had enrolled her daughter in the school using a fraudulent passport yeah. and birth certificate. Now, what they're trying to figure out, y'all, is is oh, uh, the motive, is, which uh, who in they don't the fuck know. would want to go back to high school? Oh, come on. 20, oh, 22 God, Jump Street? I would. Did you see 22 yeah, Jump Yeah, yeah, I, I did. No, I, I mean, That'd be fun. I live my best, not my best life. I, I mean, I'm famous for my high school years. I don't want to go back and do it again unless I go back like Arnold Schwarzenegger on steroids and play football again. Uh, that would be the only reason I'd do it. Yeah. That'd be why I'd do it, it's too. Been done, <laughs> it's been done in about 500 movies, yeah. and so I'm yeah. sure there is – Something uh, I probably, motivated them. Probably that came out of she some wanted to, she didn't have access to Rosetta Stone like her listeners did with 40% off. That, um, and she wanted her child or her young adult to learn English. For Very free, possible. For free. And maybe the free meals. Or she wanted a young man. And maybe. She's trying to score herself a younger could man. Be. Could what be. What you talking about free meals? Free, free meals, meal. man, in public school system. Shoot. We're paying for them, but, but they, that's three hots. I'm, and no I'm trying cot. to remember that school because we've played them in basketball. It's uh, and I'm going to – you when you go on your arms, when you go home today, you see the 310 Boutte exit, yeah, and y'all, yeah, yeah. The, if you're not from Louisiana, it's B-O-U-T-T-E. Yeah. And you, you take that, and, and when it ends, you take a right to Hanville Schools right there. On oh, the right, 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 right. The world has become a smaller place, and people are traveling more freely between countries than ever before. And companies are doing more business outside of their home countries than ever before. The geniuses at Rosetta Stone saw this trend beginning to develop years ago and have dedicated decades toward researching and refining the best and most efficient way to teach someone a new language. Rosetta Stone has been one of our most loyal sponsors here at Real Life Real Crime and The Daily Show, and that's because many of you out there have trusted Rosetta Stone to prepare you for everything from a family reunion to a once-in-a-lifetime trip to a business trip in a faraway country. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program in the galaxy. Rosetta Stone's been there for us with a great product at a great price. Rosetta Stone is a trusted expert in language learning for 30 years with millions of users. Rosetta Stone's intuitive process helps you pick up a new language naturally so you retain what you learn, and their true accent speech recognition feature is like having a personal trainer. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Real Life Real Crime and The Daily Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. 
today. Au revoir. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Let me tell you about this. Holy shit. There's a gynecologist. Now, I have a lot of thoughts about the type of doctor I would want to be, and a gynecologist isn't one of them. A gynecologist is accused of molesting hundreds of patients during a decades-long career and has faced threats and extortion from other inmates in a federal jail. And the lawyers for this idiot claim other inmates are aware of his sex crimes and conviction, and he's in danger. And guess what? He probably is. They have requested a lengthy reduction of his sentence and asking for him to serve three years in prison, far less than the decades he could be forced to serve. Robert Hayden, 64, of New Jersey, has been targeted in part because people at the Metropolitan Detention Center in Brooklyn falsely believe he is a child molester, the lawyers wrote in the the shit they submit to the federal court. Hayden, <laughs> Hayden was convicted back in January after nine former patients claimed he abused them sexually during medical examinations, and he's scheduled to be sentenced in, June, in July. Uh, the victims will be permitted to make statements in, on June 28th. Since the trial, Hayden has repeatedly threatened been threatened with violence and forced to hand over his commissary items from food to stamps or beaten up. He goes through each day in fear, trying to stay in his cell as much as possible, coming out only for showers and family phone calls. He jumps at every noise and his hands tremble almost constantly. His skin is covered with rashes. He has already lost 35 pounds. The lawyer said he is trying to cope with the jail conditions through religious activities and by tutoring other inmates. Whatever. Hayes conviction federal court on four counts of enticing victims to cross state lines so he could sexually abuse them carries a lot of years in prison. And in 2016, Hayden pleaded guilty and uh, to allegations involving a smaller number of women than what uh, they had in federal court. Okay, so if you're in danger, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. How does cutting your sentence to three years do you? And if you're in danger, you're in danger, yeah, and that. you're giving them three years to get you. They're yeah, going to get you. Yeah, and what, what Hayden is not saying is he's getting butt fucked every day <laughs> because when he gets out, he doesn't want to have his man. He's only gay for the stay. Well, and it's he's look. A, all joking yeah. aside, that's that's a very trusted uh, yeah, yeah. type of. Yeah. Medical field. Uh, all our wives and have been been on that table, put the foot feed in the stirrups. Absolutely. And I guarantee you there's I a do lot all of, my wife's exams. I don't, <laughs> I don't allow her to go see those creeps. I guarantee you there's a lot of them that ha- have that issue. Right. And, uh, you know, I especially for OBGYNs to be of that type, that's disgusting. I had the Louisiana – Physician examiner boards contract and nursing board contract. The doctors and nurses got in trouble, and y'all wouldn't believe the amount that they do. Now, we love them, but there's good and bad in their profession. And the OBGYNs were one of the most relevant. I've got a special I-team report from the state of Florida that's going to shock you. Lay it on us. Legal issues that I had no idea existed. The I-team traveled to Florida to try and learn why golf cart arrests and fines are on the rise, particularly in Pinellas County. Hmm. Heard of that county. We're talking about DUIs, unregistered carts, 
carts committing traffic violations. There are some misunderstandings out there about how golf cart laws are defined. Many golf cart owners don't actually own a golf cart, but instead they own what's known as an LSV or low speed vehicle. <laughs> LSVs are faster than regular golf carts, but come with certain restrictions and regulations that don't apply to a regular, you know, a golf cart that you would rent on like a golf cart, a uh, golf course. The number of accidents and legal cases involving LSVs or golf carts has risen so dramatically here that they even have their own cottage industry of specialized personal injury attorneys. Really? St. Petersburg Shocker. criminal defense attorney Sean K. McQuaid is all over TV in billboards in that area as the preeminent specialist in personal <laughs> injuries involving so golf funny. carts. Why is law enforcement cracking down on golf cart crimes in Pinellas? Pinellas has the most registered street legal golf carts in Florida, which means they have the most street legal registered uh, golf carts in the country because, I mean, maybe Palm Springs, California, but uh, would be close. But so while they've become very popular, they've also become a nuisance. From holding up traffic to injuring pedestrians, the police are keen to reduce the problems caused by this rise in golf carts. The increase in focus is also likely a response to the former Tampa police chief's own golf cart controversy. Mary O'Connor and her husband were stopped by a Pinellas County sheriff near the gated community where they live for using a golf cart on the street without a license. O'Connor pleaded with the deputy to let us go flashing her badge at him, but mm. body cam footage later emerged. Eventually, mm. she had to resign her post right. over the controversy. She rolled Man gold and didn't work. Many of the problems stem from these so-called LSVs, these low-speed vehicles. Regular golf carts do not exceed 20 miles per hour. These are the ones typically you find at a golf course. While LSVs are supposed to have a maximum speed of 25 miles per hour, Many people feel the need to, quote, pimp my ride and juice the maximum speed beyond the legal threshold. <laughs> Turbo Since LSVs have been registered and titled, have to be registered and titled, while golf carts do not, and since LSVs require personal injury and property liability insurance, as well as additional equipment requirements like headlamps and stop lamps and, and tail lamps and, and, and reflex, they gotta uh, reflectors. They got to be street Lego basically. Exterior yeah. mirrors, parking brakes windshields, all of that stuff. Uh, it's a lot of extra hassle to go through and expense to go through. And so what uh, people aren't going through it to just get an extra five yeah. miles per hour. Like, if they're going to go through it, they are pimping their rides in a big uh, way. So in the gated community of Easy Oaks in South Pinellas, a retired 77-year-old originally from Michigan who would only give his first name, Hank, said this, when Glenda and I first moved down here, we noticed that some of the neighbors had much faster carts and they could get to the store or the event or the event center much faster than we could. We just wanted to keep up with the Joneses, so to speak. Things just kind of escalated over time and we started having racing events and it turned into a big ass thing. Chuck, who's a Jew from New Jersey, lives two buildings over. He tried to get Glenda to take a ride in his cart. So the neighbor got some souped up cart and tried to pick up Hank's wife nice. using his golf cart. And that's when I said, hell no, I'm not letting that rascal hit on my wife with his super cart. Oh my God. This new baby I've got could probably break 60, but I've never driven it faster than 52 or 53. Glenda loves it, says it makes her feel young again. With folks like Hank feeling the need for speed, it's easy to see why and how this situation has got a bit gotten a bit out of control in the county. Officer J.J. Johnson of the Hillsborough Police said that they have begun a program uh, uh, to arrest LSV sellers and servicers in the area that are selling these tricked out LSVs and have made several arrests. It's one thing to have some elderly driving carts that can hit 40 and faster. It's a whole other thing when they're doing it after having a few cocktails and are uh, involved in street races. But, but you know what? I remember, just remember where I, I remember Pinellas County. It's the lowest crime county in the entire history of the world. It was. No, no. Prior to it, the golf cart street racing. It, it is because the only thing, they don't have any real crime to prosecute. They got to chase 
LSVs. No, to me, this is like this is like cocoon. This is <laughs> this is all of these people. Give me some nights just on my on my on my golf cart, please. All of these people looking for something to get oh some God, some do, thrill man. out of life at right? their age, and they found it in golf carts. So they're they're all buying these so souped up golf so carts should, and racing around with each other. We should sell them vacation packages to stay in Baton Rouge downtown for a week <laughs> if they want some excitement. <laughs> That might work. That might work. A Pennsylvania woman has been sentenced for setting fire to a historic barn and trying to kidnap her son. The woman will spend six to 12 years behind bars after pleading guilty to a string of crimes, including setting fire to a historic building, stealing a vehicle, and attempting to kidnap her son. Chantel Shirt pled guilty on Wednesday to charges of burglary, robbery of a motor vehicle, Theft by unlawful taking, fleeing, attempting to elude the police, criminal mischief, criminal attempt to kidnap, criminal trespass, and aggravated assault. On November 19th of 2021, Shirk and a friend, Caitlin, were riding in a car to Carlisle, Pennsylvania, when Shirk suddenly yelled for Caitlin to get out and begin to act irrational. Shirk reportedly physically forced Caitlin to exit, stole the vehicle, and drove off. Shirk then drove to a barn in Penn Township where she caused a fire to start within a barn owned by a family who built it in the early 1900s. The barn was destroyed as a result. Shirk then fled the scene on foot, trespassed into a home garage where she stole a Jeep compass. At that time, the family who owned the home was present, including a minor boy. The victim's wallet, identification, and credit cards were all inside the Jeep when it was taken. And later that day, she went to her ex-husband's home and tried to kidnap her biological son, who lived there with the ex and the child's stepmother. Shirk reportedly used a baseball bat to break through the glass door and began yelling that she was there for the child. On her way to the ex's home, Shirk had called a family member to say she planned to kidnap the child and the family member alerted police. When police arrived at the scene, Shirk fled and almost ran over an officer in the process. The state police in Pennsylvania were able to stop her, arrest her on multiple charges, and she reportedly lied to the jail staff, said she needed medical treatment. Mm. So, two days after that crime spree, two corrections officers transported Shirk via car, and she attempted to escape by jumping through the partition. Mm. Shirk also tried grabbing the steering wheel and a firearm on one of the officers. Nice. She hit the guards, sprayed him with mace, uh, and eventually confessed to officials that she did not need medical treatment at all and was just trying to escape. She'll serve her sentence concurrently with another sentence she is currently serving. She could have avoided the whole getting arrested thing if she'd been from Pinellas County and pimped her LSV, she could have outran the cops. Right? That, that is true. That, that, what, another bizarre story, but y'all, this one, I think I'm trumping every story for the day, not in this contest. This story is messed up. So there was a Phoenix man known as the zombie hunter, and he's been sentenced to death. Uh, he was sentenced to death just Wednesday for the murders of two women who were attacked while biking along a canal in the, in the 1990s. Brian Patrick Miller was found guilty by a judge in April on two counts of first-degree murder, kidnapping, and attempted sexual assault in the brutal stabbing attacks of 21-year-old Angela Brasso in 1992 and 17-year-old Melanie Bernas in 1993. The defendant did not just murder them. The, uh, the judge said in sentencing 50-year-old Miller, he brutalized them and he evaded capture for over 20 years, y'all. Angela Russo was attacked on November 8, 1992 while biking along the canal. Um, her decapitated remains were found in a field the following day on what would have been her 22nd birthday. Her head was discovered in the Arizona Canal more than a week later. Less than a year later, on September 21st, 1993, high school junior Melanie Bernas' mutilated body was discovered in the same Arizona Canal about a mile and a half away from where Brasso was found. 
According to the Arizona Republic, Bernas was sexually assaulted and her killer carved a cross into her chest. The cases remained cold until 2015 when DNA linked Miller, a single father, and an Amazon employee to the slains. And in March of 2022, Miller waived his right to a jury trial and pled not guilty by reason of insanity. He was found guilty in April this year. He said, I'm not looking for sympathy sympathy today. Um, uh, During the sentencing phase of his trial in May and Guess what? He didn't get any. That's exactly yeah, right. He, he didn't, didn't get deserve any. any. I'm amazed. I don't know so why he stopped. Still, I'm amazed he stopped. I mean, those yeah. two killings are yeah, so close to you each know, other. It, 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 he probably has more bodies on on than that. But um, the zombie hunter, where that came, where they yeah, came up right. with that, I, I don't know. But those are such brutal murders. It sounds like such a sick. I, I and the guy was working for Amazon, right? Like fifty driving, years old, so I mean, a he was he was, around, he was around the same age as, as them when he, when he did it. But the, uh, it's just bizarre. I didn't, I never heard of that one. No, I I hadn't. Good either, job, fellas. I'm digging that one up. Creepy, uh, creepy. He should creepy move story. to Pinellas County and race golf. Right. <laughs> yes, <laughs> nitrous. Yes, baby. yes, yes. Uh, let's uh, let's go to Michigan. On September 6, 1999, going way back, a 22-year-old woman was working at a food stand at the Twin Lakes Golf Club in Oakland Township, Michigan, just outside of Detroit. An unknown man entered into an employee-only restricted area through an employee-only door and violently raped and assaulted the young woman. The suspect took off but left DNA behind at the crime scene. The DNA was uploaded to the combined DNA index system, CODIS, but law enforcement investigators could not find a match. Remember, that was in 1999. Nine months later, in July of 2000, a 19-year-old woman was jogging near the 18th hole on the blue course at Penn State University when she was approached by a man who asked if she had a Band-Aid and new directions to the clubhouse. The young woman told the man she couldn't help him and tried to continue jogging. But the man held a knife to her throat, dragged her off toward a wooded area. The woman told the police the man punched her in the stomach and raped her. Wow. The suspect demanded the victim keep quiet, and he took off, leaving behind his DNA at mm. that scene. In 2004, CODIS linked the DNA from the 1999 rape in Michigan to the 2000 rape at Penn State. Right. But no specific match could be made to the subject. In two separate press conferences last week, investigators confirmed that in July of 2021, the Penn State Police Department began working with the Oakland County Sheriff's Office to see if they could nail down a suspect using advanced DNA technology. Detectives partnered with Parabon Nanolabs, which is a vertically integrated DNA tech company that develops next-generation therapeutic and forensic products by leveraging the enormous power of DNA. Genealogy results narrowed down the DNA to three potential suspects, all brothers, according to the police. When detectives began investigating the brothers, they zeroed in on Kurt Rilemma, now 51 years old. At the time of the Michigan rape, court documents show Rilemma allegedly lived near the Twin Lakes golf course and was potentially visiting his brother, who attended Penn State, at the time of the 2000 rape case at Penn State. DNA extracted from a styrofoam coffee cup Rilemma had been drinking out of matched him to the DNA collected from both golf course rapes, investigators said. Um, Rilemma, who was most recently uh, residing in West Bloomfield, Michigan, was arrested and now awaits arraignment. So 23 years later, the DNA finally gets matched and they get Ray for DNA. Yep. Right? And... Catching the bad guys and freeing the innocent ones. Yeah, that's a hell of a story. I mean, he thought he got away with it for all this time. You can now take off that belt and move freely around the cabin. All right, we've got a mile-high crime coming at you. And a man has been charged and an employee suspended after the TSA finds guns and luggage. Nice. So nearly a dozen guns hidden inside one man's luggage bound for an international flight from Atlanta 
has left the man facing charges and a Delta employee facing suspension. Keenan Homie checked two bags for his Delta flight, and those bags were sent to a TSA security screening area. TSA agents became suspicious after watching his luggage move through the scanners at the Hartsfield-Jackson International Airport. Agents found a piece of a karaoke machine in one bag and a speaker in the other. Both pieces were opened and nine handguns were found inside, as well as two ARM4 lower units. Now, for those of you that aren't familiar with what that is, an AR lower unit refers to the typically the receiver portion right. of the AR-15, which, which is a semi-automatic rifle. Each of them were wrapped in aluminum foil, which he told agents he did to avoid detection. El Homie was traveling with a Delta employee who is a close relative when he was stopped. The agent's report uh, basically said that the Delta security and Atlanta police asked for Homie to come to their office voluntarily where he was met by two ATF special agents. He admitted to the agents he was taking the firearms to France where he was going to resell them for profit. He said the guns were purchased from the trunk of a car while on his trip from an unknown man. He did not place the barrels of the firearms in the luggage because the car trunk arms dealer told him that would make exporting them illegal. So a Delta spokesperson released a statement and basically they said that the employee in this case uh, was suspended pending an investigation yeah. uh, because they think he may have known something about all these could've, guns. That could also been, luggage. Also, could have been a dumb criminal. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely dumb. I think I mean, pretty much all of ours could make for dumb criminal yeah, segments. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Everything I, we talk I guess about. If you're gonna <laughs> slide one gun through. You try to get it through. You might as well try to get all those guns through. Yeah, I don't understand why anybody would think they could get away with even I mean, one. I mean, and really you're going to go over there and sell it. I know the the profit margin is high, but shit, the tickets to France are high, right? Yeah, so, whatever. Yeah, that that guy, that guy could have got banjos for sure. Mile high. You can now take off that belt and move freely around the cabin. Thank you, dude. Crimes on Monday, and y'all, this is a doozy. A Pennsylvania man was with a fetish for nylon, has been arrested for making more than 400 random phone calls in one day in an attempt to get women to engage in sexually explicit conversations about pantyhose. Now, that is one lonely motherfucker, right? For 400 phone calls in one day. Did he, and he struck out? <laughs> let's, let's check this out. 43-year-old Rip Allen Swartz turned himself in last week to face harassment charges. But this was not a one-time thing for him. Investigators say he placed calls to businesses across the country over the last five years when trying to get female employees to talk to him, sometimes call him repeatedly. How did they catch him, you might you might wonder. On one of his phone calling sessions, Swartz neglected to activate the number blocking software on his phone. After assuming he had turned on the software, he dialed over 420 random businesses. Police were made aware and grew concerned when over 60 of the women reported the same number to law enforcement in areas throughout the country to report the same phone calls. When Rip Schwartz was arrested, Police were able to obtain cell phone records showing he has engaged not only in this activity, but also this call volume for a jaw-dropping five years, y'all. So it goes to us here at RRC Daily thinking, mm, how common is a pantyhose, pantyhose fetish? Well, here's a statistic. It is an it is estimated that around 40% of males have a pantyhose fetish, making it the most common fetish for men. In contrast, you may ask, what is the most common fetish among women, according to the stats? 
a threesome with two men at over 35% of the women polled answer that. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, based upon those stats, That's... one of the three of us <laughs> yeah. has has this fetish. No. Actually. I uh, I don't really give a shit. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be that, right. that would be right. But I was going to say. I don't mind. So what based, based on this. Wait, 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 wait. Look me in the eye. I, on my honor. Scout's honor. I don't have pain. That's, that's for the baby. I'm that that, means, it's, that listen, means it's Jim. Because no, statistically, it has right, to be no, one of us. Statistically, okay. one of us has uh, at least been a fantasy by some woman that one of us and somebody else would have sex with at the same time. That's not necessarily true. Almost. Almost. I'm not a man. God, if we had if we, if, <laughs> we, if we had time, I would tell my I, I would tell my threesome story. Oh, oh God, I have a great threesome story. Yeah, well, it involves. That's interesting, though, that over forty percent of men have that. I don't. I, I don't either. I, they, I like I, a I good set know. of heels now. Yeah, I probably got a little. <laughs> I don't even think people finish. wear pantyhose anymore, do they? I mean, oh, sure, they wear them. Sure, sure. From what I understand, I'm not buying Jim's position on this. Oh man. Did you hear I'm, how I'm enthusiastically really he said, oh, they weren't? Oh, I mean, they definitely weren't. <laughs> yeah, oh, they weren't. I mean, I'm married. No. You remember pantyhose used to come in the egg? Yeah. 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 Why the fuck legs. was that? Those legs. 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 But why, yeah. why put them in an egg? I, I that was mean, like, that, that, that was convenient? years ago. I don't know. But I, I think uh, the Kardashians have cornered the market. On well, the ones that, well, I can tell you what, regardless, it was kinky. Uh, it was kinky. It definitely, definitely. The, the ones that the Rogers used came in. And I'll tell my threesome story another time. Yeah. Although it does also yes. involve we, we, we can't Chelsea, so, so Chelsea we've the got bird. Tons of female listeners, and you know, in addition to males, and right. that means a lot of them might have that other fetish. Right. That's what I'm, yeah. I'm just saying. I really, really care saying. about the y'all know, part. Y'all know who you are. Like there. my Chelsea the bird story, but go ahead. Y'all know who y'all you are. Banjos, please. Yes, banjos. Whenever we have banjos in the state of Tennessee, we always get some solid entertainment. A Tennessee man ended up in the joint for smoking a joint while in court. <laughs> Spencer Boston, age 20, was in court this week after being charged with simple marijuana possession. God, is that even a, that's a crime in Tennessee? Not to be deterred by the first charge... Boston began to argue in favor of legalizing the drug. Boston was blunt, no pun intended, in his argument. And instead of simply expressing his opinion using words, he decided to pull out a spleef from his pocket, nice. light it, and begin hitting on it while facing the judge. That's great. I can't believe he's got to go on, on all, uh, all the man was able to get in several uh Several hits on uh, on the blunt before security realized what he was doing and led him from the courtroom to resounding laughter from the crowd. Oh my God. <laughs> the people the people deserve better. Boston shouted as he was removed from the gallery. Boston was charged with disorderly conduct and another marijuana possession charge. There you go. He was also held in contempt of court yeah, for the stunt. That was coming. One of the craziest things I've seen, according to Wilson County Sheriff Robert Ryan. Yes, it was. And he is a fine looking gentleman. And uh, congratulations, Mr. Boston. Although I absolutely. And look, y'all, we, we, we post these stories, you know, we pick four or five of these, put on the Facebook page. Y'all got to see this dude. Yeah. And so we'll definitely be, have that be one of the ones that you see uh, today. When when you listen to this episode, right? Because it's you know, a good one. He, dumb, but but harmless. I mean, you know, he's happy and harmless. Look at the guy. Yeah. All he wanted to do was just take a little toke yeah. in front of a judge. Mm. Yeah. I mean, and how that worked out for him? Yeah. I don't know. I think I'm, in, I'm I think sure in, he probably got skull drugs. I think in Portland he would have gotten paid <laughs> yeah. to yeah. to do that by the judge. This is legalized. It shouldn't everybody be dumb and tax it right? Whatever, but. You're going to fire up from the judge. You are definitely a dumb criminal. Banjos. Check out uh, check out the Facebook. Man, it's growing. We also have the Real Life Real Crime uh, community app. Go download it for free. That's uh, all the links posted in there. We have 
Real Life Real Crime Instagram and, and you know, the Real Twitter. Life, Real Life, it, or the, the Twitter too. So it's all shared and, and, you know. So whether you're tweeting, Instagramming, Facebooking, right, you can get your you daily did. fix. Get your daily fix. And I have my new OnlyFans account. And Mike has an OnlyFans. He's going to be wearing hose in it. Hey, Hey, on a real quick. Joe Namath stuff. Real quick. Joe Namath. Real quick, serious note. Where is Wesley Dale Morgan? Thank you all for your response. Please continue to call in your tips. We're going to bust this case. Even, I mean, he's a grown man now. Even if he doesn't want to come home, the side of the family that loved him, um, they deserve the answers. Look around. Let's bring them home. All right. Anyway, there you go. Anyway. Uh, Bloody Angola, check it out. Bloody Angola's love. The second part of uh, Part Burrow two, King. On Fire. On Fire. Warden Burger from Part three. That's right. in a couple of days. That's right. And thank you all for all your support. Thank you for everybody for liking and sharing and, and telling other people about us. Till next time, I'm Jim Chapman. Um, I go. You got something to say? No, I'm holding back. Oh, on which part? Big orange man. Big orange man. Orange, Tennessee orange man bad. Orange man bad. <laughs> yeah, you call, orange call man right bad. now. You gotta say what? it. Florida. No, I can't. Okay, I can't. You've forbidden me. I can't talk. Oh, if I, then no, then uh, then, <laughs> then I'm Woody Overton, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Mike Agavino. For your host of Real Life Real Crime Daily, peace. Your business. Orange man. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.